Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, happy Friday, wherever you are. I have all the greetings for you. I hope that you're having a great week and that today will just kind of be the cherry on top. I've had an interesting week. It's it's kind of been like a roller coaster up and down and up and down. And, and we're talking like peaks and valleys up and down. And, and to be very transparent with you, I was even in the midst of what felt like holiness and, and even found myself bottomed out in a valley in that space too. So it, it's, been, it's been an interesting week. I haven't gotten to the bottom of it yet. And I don't know that it's mine to get to the bottom of. I, I, I think that, that we're just in the midst of an onslaught right now that, you know, there, we're, we're an army, if you will, that is, has risen and, and is rising and, and we're audacious and we're taking ground and that's not always welcome, you know? If this has been your week too, just you know, give me give me a hand in the comments because I just I want to know that we're we're together. Sometimes it just helps if we're if we're transparent and we're like, you know what, this week's been hard. This has been difficult. It's been hard to to stay steady to hold ground, and but I'm still here, right? Can can we be a little bit brave and just be like, you know what, I'm still here. I'm still doing it. I'm still in it. I haven't retreated. If you have, it's okay. Just come back. Okay. This is, this is your invitation. If you're someone who needs the invitation, just come back. If you've retreated, if you've, if you've gone all the way down and you feel as if you are, you know, pinned to the ground, just come back. It's okay. The thing is, is that God knows exactly where we're at and he is the one that keeps us. Say that over yourself. God, you are the one who keeps me. I just, I kind of want to nourish us this morning. Can I, can I put on some more pastoral clothes this morning and just nourish us? I think that we need to be nourished in our souls. We need to know, we need to be reminded that, that there is an intimate um, reality within Christ where he is nourishing us, where he, remember in Psalm 23, I love Psalm 23. Does anybody else love Psalm 23? Where he is the shepherd king and he is nourishing every aspect of us. Remember, he takes us beside the still waters, depending on your translation, maybe he takes you past the brooks of bliss. <laughs> Nonetheless, he takes you past the waters. What do you think waters represent? I'm going to let you navigate that with Holy Spirit. But what do the waters represent? He takes you to the lush pastures where there is plenty and where there is freedom. And, and he, he makes you lie down, right? He's the God who nourishes. He leads us out of the valley of the shadow of death. He's so good and he's so patient. And his goodness and his mercy just go on and on and on. And here is the reality of your week. This is, I'm going to nutshell it for you. He sets out a spread, a full spread in the presence of your enemy. So if you feel as if you're being beat up this week, just take your next bite. Okay. Just take your next bite because he has seated you before your enemies. He's so confident in what he has done in you that he has seated you 
before your enemies. And the king's kids just need to take their next bite. Okay? You haven't done something so wrong, so messed up that you can't take your next bite. He's not the God who comes along and takes your plate away from you because you didn't have good table manners. Okay? Just turn and face him. This week, we've talked a little bit about, a lot actually, about David's life. I feel like we've been on a David theme for months now, and um, his life is just so thrilling. But remember what we've talked about, like even when David committed his last sin, it's how the subtitle reads anyway, and he takes the census of the army and, and God's like, what are you doing? And he comes at him with these consequences and and it's like multiple choice, right? He gets to pick one of them. And David's response is stunning. And we need to learn from it because this needs to become our response in the heat of the moment. Are you going to be one who chooses to fall into the hands of man, the enemy? Or are you going to be one who chooses to fall into the hands of God, right? It's a choice that we have to make. And I think that sometimes we listen, we tune in to the wrong voice and um, and shame has us buffaloed and um, makes us believe that we have done something so bad that, that we need to hide from God, that we need to cover ourselves. And if you remember, you know, Adam and Eve not only make coverings for their body, but that wasn't enough. They still needed something more between them and God because of what shame was testifying. Shame shame is not your friend. Shame is your foe. And it is not, does not make a good security blanket. So we need to get rid of shame and turn and face God. And that's really the only way that you're going to rid yourself of shame's voice in your life is by turning and facing God. We've got to be those who are brave enough to turn and face God, even when we feel like we have royally messed up, right? David royally messed up over and over and over and over and over again. But what is said of him from the mouth of God is that he's a man after his own heart because he would turn and face him in the midst of opposition, in the middle of, of stupidity, he would turn and face God. I mean, even when he stole another man's wife, in the end, he turned and faced God. So that's what we need to do when we're having all kinds of things go wrong. And, and I'm not even suggesting that you did anything wrong. But in the middle of the, the heated moment, turn and face God. Say to yourself, I would rather fall into the hands of God than anything else. If I'm going to fall, I want to fall into the hands of God. I want to, I want to go to Isaiah 41 this morning. We're going to read a little bit. David was so, so, so brave. And the thing is, it's like David, David made a way, right? He made a way. He's, he's a prototype of, of Christ and, and of us, you know, Jesus came as an example of who we are, David was an example of who Christ would be. So we can put on that same courage, that same bravery. We can turn and face God, align ourselves with him and realize that he is looking for someone to represent him on the earth today. And that's you. And that's me say, I'm it. Right. 
All right, back to Isaiah 41. We're going to read through this because we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded of, of who he is and who we are. He is, uh, his love just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? I'm reading out of the Passion Translation because it's, it's good. It's good. Isaiah 41, you lands of the seas stand silent before me. Let the people renew their strength. Let them approach me and state their case. Let's come together to decide who is right. Who raised up the conqueror from the east? Who commissioned him for his righteous purpose? The Lord hands nations over to him to trample kings under his feet, to make them like dust with his sword and like a wind-blown shaft with his bow. Swiftly he pursues them and advances unscathed as he passes over unfamiliar land. Don't you love this? These are the kind of portions of scripture that make me like stand taller. Are you standing taller? Like, have you adjusted your posture yet? Swiftly he pursues them and advances unscathed as he passes over unfamiliar land. He achieved all this and made it happen. Who achieved all this and made it happen? Who guides the destiny of each generation from the first until now? That one's for those of you that feel like God is far, far away. That's a myth. That's not your reality. He is Emmanuel, God who is with us. He's the one beside you. He's the one who's guiding the destiny of your generation from first until now. I love that. I am the one, I am Yahweh, the first, the unchanging one who will be there in the end. The islands see it and panic. The ends of the earth, they tremble. They approach and draw near. The idol makers all bolster one another up saying, take courage. The woodworker encourages the metalsmith, the one who flattens with the hammer spurs on the one who strikes the anvil saying of the welding looks good. They nail down the idol so it won't topple. But you, my servant Israel, Jacob, who I've chosen, seed of my beloved friend Abraham. I'm going to read that one again because that was a whole lot. But you, my servant Israel, Jacob, whom I've chosen, maybe you need to say these things over your life too. I am the servant of the Most High God. I am the chosen one. And I am the seed of God's beloved friend, Abraham. I'm the friend of God. I drew you to myself from the ends of the earth. And I called you from its farthest corner. He drew you. You need to take a moment, close your eyes, fix your, fix your, the, the eyes of your heart on him and see where he's drawn you from. Maybe you need to be drawn right now and that's okay. He'll draw you out. Fix the eyes of your heart on him. Watch him as he's drawing you. I say to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I've not rejected you. You've not been rejected, silly. Do not yield to fear, for I am always near. Never turn your gaze from me, for I am your faithful God. Did you hear that? Never turn your gaze from me, 
for I am faithful. I will infuse you with my strength and help you in every situation. Mm, That's interesting. I'll help you in every situation, not just the ones where you're getting it all right. I will help you in every situation and help And I will hold you firmly with my victorious right hand. So he'll help you in every situation and he'll hold you firmly in his victorious right hand. Wow. Do you want to be held in his victorious right hand? No wonder David wanted to fall into the hands of God. If, if, if there's a consequence, let me fall into the victorious right hand of the Father, right? Oh my gosh, say that over yourself. If I fall, I'm falling into the victorious right hand of my God. Wow. Verse 11, all who rage against you will be ashamed and disgraced. All who contend with you will perish and disappear. You will look for your enemies in vain. Wow. Those who war against you will vanish without a trace, without a trace. What enemy? You'll stand and you'll look around you when you've realized like your reality in Christ. You're going to stand and look around and be like, what, 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 what enemy, right? Take your next bite. I am Yahweh, your mighty God. I grip your right hand and I will not let you go. I whisper to you, don't be afraid. I'm here to help you. Jacob, although you feel like a grub worm, don't fear. Oh, men of Israel, I'm here to help you. I am your kinsman redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Now, at Unedited Life, we're standing on a promise God had given us a word for 2023, and part of that word has everything to do with him being a kinsman redeemer. He promises to restore families in this year. And so we need to hang on to this portion of Isaiah 41, where he is the kinsman redeemer. He's the one who comes and pulls down the line, not just you. He's not interested in just you. He's interested in everything that has impacted you. He's going to reach down deep into your family line and he's going to bring about restoration. That excites me. If that doesn't excite you, maybe you need to lift off whatever whatever you're harboring against your family line and allow the kinsman redeemer to go to work. Okay. There's nothing that anybody has done that is too far from God's reach. He can reach them and he can redeem. So let's ask for the kinsman redeemer to come in and to show himself strong, right? I am making you into a powerful threshing instrument with teeth, new and sharp. You will reduce hills to shafts and crush mountains into dust. You will winnow them and the stormy wind will blow them away. Then you will spin and you will dance with rejoicing in Yahweh, boasting with admiration in the Holy One of Israel. I want to read 15 again because we need to understand what's happening here. 
He's talking about weaponizing us. And you guys have all heard me go on and on about something that Simon Breaker said months ago about how he is not there to coddle his children. He is there to weaponize them. And we see the kinsman redeemer doing the same thing, right? He's here. He's coming close to weaponize us. He says, I'm making you into a powerful threshing instrument with teeth new and sharp. You will reduce hills to to chaff and crush mountains into dust. You will winnow them and the stormy wind will blow them away. This is exciting. This is really exciting. And in the footnote, it says the word of God is like a two-mouthed sword for it is spoken from God's mouth and is released in power as it is spoken from our mouths. We will become God's two-mouthed threshing instrument. And you guys, the thing is, is like the, the God is being like super serious about not compromising in the season. Like we are in a time where he is like, you cannot compromise. You cannot tolerate things that I am not tolerating. And so he's, he's creating a powerful threshing instrument out of us. He is weaponizing us to stand for what he stands for and to tear down what he does not want constructed any longer. We have to become his two-mouthed sword, but that means we have to stop playing games and stop tolerating the things that he's not tolerating, right? Does this look like being on a soapbox and tearing people down? Nope. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about standing for the things that he stands for and turning our backs on the things that he does not tolerate. We have to allow ourselves to become a powerful threshing instrument because then you will spin and dance with rejoicing in Yahweh, boasting with admiration in the Holy One of Israel. This is good news for us. I'm afraid, though, that we will not feel the the rejoicing of the victory that's already been won, right? We need to remind ourselves of that. Like the victory has already been won. But I'm not so sure that we're going to feel the full on celebration of that if we do not allow him to weaponize us in the season. And I want us to be those who can spin and dance in rejoicing because we've partnered with him and allowed him to weaponize us. Yes. Anybody? That excites me. Verse 17. I, Yahweh, will respond to the cry of the poor and the needy when they are thirsty and their tongues are parched with thirst. When they seek a drink of water, but there is none, I, the God of Israel, will not abandon them. I will open up refreshing streams on the barren hills. Okay, so this is for those of us that have felt like this week has been ridiculously hard. He's the God who opens up refreshing streams in barren places. This is just who he is. So if you felt like, you know, one second... You were like, oh my gosh, I can feel your beauty all around me. I'm like standing in awe and I'm standing in wonder and boom, I'm being hit. And you feel like that suddenly the space is desolate. He's the one who opens up streams and barren hills and he springs forth fountains out of the valleys. You know what this tells me? There's nowhere we can go that he is not. I will make the desert, a pleasant pool, and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the treeless desert cedars and 
that's how you say that, myrtle and olive trees. I will set in the wilderness evergreens together with many elm and cypress. Everyone will see. Everyone will see. I love that. Everyone will see and they will know that I, Yahweh, with my mighty hands have done this. Okay. Who are his mighty hands? That's you and me. We have to become the springs that gush forth in those dry places, in those valleyways. He's, he's, he's laying hold of you and I to become his answer to the, to the cry of the poor and the needy. That's how that starts off. We have to stop thinking so much about us and having our hand out looking for the next thing. I think he's going like, my gosh, you people, how much more encouragement do you need to actually get moving? Let him break you open and become his response to the poor and the needy. I'm going to read it again. Everyone will see and know that I, Yahweh, with my mighty hands have done this. They will consider and comprehend that the Holy One of Israel has created it. Mm, So good. Okay, before we finish up, I want to jump back over to chapter 40, and I want to read the end of it because it's just so good. We're going to start in verse 25. Are you with me? We're moving backwards. Isaiah 40, starting in verse 25. The Holy One asks, can you find anyone or anything to compare to me? I love it when the Lord like lays out an inquisition, don't you? (laughs) These are like my favorite parts of scripture when God starts asking questions (laughs) because you know you don't have the answer. (sighs) Can you find anyone or anything to compare to me? Where is the one equal to me? Lift up your eyes to the sky and see for yourself. Who do you think created the cosmos? He lit every shining star and formed every glowing galaxy, and he stationed them all where they belong. He has numbered, counted, and given everyone a name. They shine because of God's incredible power and awesome might. Not one fails to appear. Why then, O Jacob's tribes, would you ever complain? And my chosen Israel, why would you say Yahweh isn't paying attention to my situation? He has lost all interest in what happens to me. (laughs) Anybody feel busted? (laughs) He's like, I love this because he's like, just, just take a look, just take a look at the night sky. Like there's order in it. And every single one falls in line and does exactly what it was created to do. Oh, why then? Oh, Jacob's tribes. Why, Angie, would you ever complain? And my chosen Israel, why would you say Yahweh isn't paying attention to my situation? He has lost all interest in what happens to me. Don't you know 
Haven't you been listening? Yahweh is the one and only everlasting God, the creator of all you can see and imagine. He never gets weary or worn out. His intelligence is unlimited, and he's never puzzled over what to do. Uh, that brings me comfort. Have you ever been puzzled over what the next step is, what, what the next direction is? All the time, I get puzzled, but but he doesn't. He's never puzzled. He's never wringing his hands wondering, oh, no. I've run out of, I've run out of direction. He's not human. <laughs> he empowers the feeble and he infuses the powerless with increasing strength. Even young people faint and they get exhausted. Athletic ones, they may stumble and fall, but those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary, and walk through life without giving up. Maybe, just maybe, you should take that portion of scripture, Isaiah 40, starting in verse 25 to the end, and, and personalize it. Are you rightly regarding who he is? Do you know what he's capable of? He's the God who delivers nations in a single day. You know, that's who he is. And I think that we diminish the story in our mind to being like, you know, a family. Israel is just a family. It's an entire nation. An entire nation he delivered in a single day. I'm sorry, there's not a situation in your life that is bigger than that. Trust him. Trust him. If you're going to fall or falter, make sure it's in the hands of the Lord. That's the encouragement that I have for you today. Just make sure that you're turning and facing Jesus and, and stand in awe of who he is and what he's done. Make sure that you know that you are rightly regarding him because that's what it's going to take for you to continue to lift the fork to your mouth and take your next bite because it's intimidating. I'm not going to downplay it. It's intimidating to eat a meal before your enemies. It is. It's intimidating. When there's all kinds of things coming at us, it's intimidating to continue to take the next bite. But you have to, because it's like eating truth, right? We have to take our next bite. It's the sustenance that we need. And that's why I love this part where he says, he empowers the feeble and he infuses the powerless with increasing strength. Listen, this is measureless. It is limitless. This kind of strength goes on and on and on. Even young people faint and get exhausted. Athletic ones may stumble and fall. But 
those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. Divine strength. Who wants some of that? Anybody want some divine strength? Anyone? Take your next bite. <laughs> they will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary and walk through life without giving up. Last Sunday, we were sharing stories of it, Holy Spirit encounters. And I think two or three of them were about flying, that there was encounter of flying when, um, when you know, colliding with Holy Spirit. And, and that's what that reminds me of. It's like, if, if we want to be those who are soaring, we have to encounter Holy Spirit. And I, I think that because we're greedy, let's just be honest about it, that we, we put that on God also and think that, you know, there is an end to what it is that he will release over our lives. And that's just not true. Don't make him into your image. It's the other way around. He's limitless. Limitless. Like you will never reach the end of his strength. He will continue to pour it out. He'll lift you higher. Let's lean in and trust him. Just take your next bite. All right. Blessings, friends. I love you, love you, love you. And we'll talk soon.